1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's Wendy Sellers, the HR lady. We're here with our guest expert, Lauren Polly. Hey, Lauren, how are you? Doing awesome. Thanks, guys. Hey, we want to talk a little bit more today about, um, communication. Kind of what we stopped our last, uh, uh podcast with is, Oh, gee, does communication ever go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> all the time right even when you're not having a mental health care uh, breakdown heck I'm having some communication issues right now because I got something in my eye and I can't see you <laughs> 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 but our viewers can't see us anyways they're only listening so what I want to know is I saw this tagline on um, I think it was on your website where it says the truth is there's more to living than achieving mental health as we know it explain to me what that means So the viewpoint on mental health
0: is one that is really focused around stability, being okay. And in my view, for my own personal journey, but also tons of the clients that I've worked with, that's just not enough. Like I said in our first segment, people are really wanting to feel, number one, I matter here. So not that I just get to the end of the day, but my presence here actually made a difference. And number two, feeling again, part of a whole. So you're not isolated and alone. So the mental health journey that I went through was way about let's find some stability and just hope you kind of get by. And once you find it, you're gonna manage it okay. Um, and then you're just kind of watching out for red flags or things that may throw you. It didn't really have a lot with evolving and constantly pushing my edges. So for me, moving beyond the mental health model into mental wealth is really looking at the wealth of you as an individual, what you bring to whatever ecosystem you choose to play with, family, corporations, your community at large. Uh, And I feel like a lot of people miss the boat on that one. They're not looking big enough.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about in the workplace. So at a manager, an HR person, you know, a business owner, if they see someone um, struggling and they think it's a mental health issue, I mean, where do they start? What do they do? I mean, there's a lot of legal ta- legal lines to cross and that you might cross the wrong way. So, you know me, myself, I mean, I had major anxiety during the pandemic and it wasn't right away. I guess it probably was, but I didn't realize it for a while. And then I finally reached out for help. But, you know, I'm a single business owner. I'm one person show. I didn't really have anybody going, hey, Wendy, you might want to maybe not work 90 hours a week because you have no life right now. How about you do something else? So give give our listeners some advice if they're seeing their, their employees struggle, um, what do they do? So one of the things
0: we always talk about when I go into corporations is setting up these light conversations. So being able to number one, have an open door policy, I think is really helpful. And then being able to set up conversations where perhaps you're not expecting the employees to speak because this is touchy stuff. So yeah. I've seen it before where they do roundtables with people and everybody sits around and they're expecting them to share. But the thing <laughs> is, you're with a coworker no way, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, judges you, you know, you know, your boss is going to hold it against you. So there's all sorts of like covert under the scenes things where it's not really an open place to be able to share, but to be able to maybe have a topic, give a tool. Uh, like one of the things we talk about, about a lot is what anxiety light looks like. Anxiety light, like Diet Coke light or whatever you want to say, (laughs) is like perfectionism. It is people pleasing. It's micromanaging. It's the people who are so anxious and worrying that they're fussing all the time and probably driving their coworkers a bit nutty, you know? So being able to have just kind of a conversation about, hey, here's some signs and symptoms. You may be experiencing it. Other people around you may be too. Let's talk about getting some self-awareness around it. And then maybe looking at some tools so that you can start to deal with it. I find if you have a conversation that's broader like that in a corporation setting, it lets the people have information to take and play with as they want, but it also starts to lay the seeds. So if there are those things where someone really needs to talk, I feel like they have more of an opening to come and seek HR out.
1: Yeah, 100 percent. One of the quotes that you sent over when when we were going back and forth, creating this agenda agenda, I thought was just, uh, you know, about alienation. You know, current research shows that 33 percent of people feel alienated at work. Wow. And 34 percent actually withhold that uh, ideas and solutions as a result. That's a lot. That's a third of our workers that feel alienated, and it may or may not be because of a mental health condition. But if it is because of a mental health condition, geez, all we have to do is give them a day off or give them the EAP program. If you even have an EAP program and for those (laughs) listeners that are going, what the heck does that stand for? That's an employee assistance program. It usually is attached to your health insurance. But please, 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 if you have health insurance or not, there are so many EAP programs that you can buy very affordably that are not connected to health insurance. And I really think a lot of companies did step up and get that. Um, during the pandemic, but so much more is needed. So what are your thoughts on this alienation and how we as, as managers or even just as coworkers could stop alienating people? I think
0: it goes back to what we were talking about on that first segment of one of the main crux points here is the isolation, which of course is exacerbated since the pandemic. But I feel like when we're going to work, a lot of us have the habit or have kind of gotten subtle clues that we need to put on a mask, that I have to put on my professional hat. Like for me, I've always worked at a hospital setting, so I always put my lab coat on and I could feel myself kind of transforming into that version of myself. There isn't a lot of space sometimes for people to feel as multifaceted and as appreciated for that as they actually can be. So to be able to have like those little chit-chatty conversations, some space in the meeting so that people can share personally, but then also to be able to have that space where people actually feel like they can show up as being perhaps a bit different than their coworkers and still be included is huge. And that can look as simple as having different activities that kind of play to different people's strengths or having different conversations that may be interested in different people. I think when we treat people kind of like automatons where they're just going to come and do their work and you're this mass that you've put on, we miss
1: the boat and that just creates more isolation. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for, for spelling that out too. So for our listeners, you know, when you are, doling out tasks um make sure you're building in extra time to communicate to build relationships so that you can get to know each other and, and it's it's not easy uh, when you have remote workers but it's not impossible um i was working with this company recently i just want to share this with you it was during the pandemic and their company was already 100% rem- remote but they had their their weekly meetings which i was part of they had a down path and they had in the beginning people came and and shared it. Now they were comfortable with each other. So new employees and or contractors like myself, but first was like, Whoa, I'm not going to share. I don't even know you people, but it was so fun. People were picking up their animals. Here's my dog. Here's my cat. Here's the shirt I bought last night. Oh, here's pictures from the game I went to and it it became really, really fun. And then we got into talking about the, the heart of the matter of why we were there. And then, you know, so it was expected. Everybody knew that, Hey, first 10 minutes of this meeting, it's going to be sharing is caring. And I am not a touchy feely person. And I usually like roll my eyes at that. But I was like, this is awesome. This is amazing. So for those people that are listening that today are also going, I'm not a touchy feeling person. Hopefully you, uh, you identified what I did during the pandemic, which was and guess what? Even though I really enjoyed being by myself, I was talking to anyone and everyone who walked by me. <laughs> I was like, Hello, hi, how you doing? I just need to talk to somebody for five minutes, then I'll go back in my hole. <laughs> Wendy, I, I, I know a lot. Of, just craving it. Uh I, for the both of real quick. I know a lot of people find self isolation very hard, but I can honestly say I've never felt more at home back to
0: you. But I love that JC because introverts are going to function differently. I love the book Quiet. I don't know if you've read it before, but it's all about introverts and the power that they have. But it goes a lot into detail and statistics about how the corporate culture is really built around extroverted personalities. So being able to actually have activities and some like communication starters for the people who are a little bit more introverted, maybe having a movie night if you're looking at team building, not a loud party, just something... Thing so that people can actually feel connected and not like they're forced to have to participate. You know, but JC brings up a great point, an introverted bunch is going to feel very different.
1: Absolutely. Well, thanks for that, JC and Lauren. In our next episode, episode three of our five-part series, we're going to cover the path to self-improvement and personal growth. Thanks for joining us.
0: Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast, brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.